0: Hello, and welcome to Live Like the World is Dying, and Yay! this is our extra fun this month in the apocalypse section in which we talk about, um, unfortunately, most of the Iceberg. horrible things that happened in the last month. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm one of your hosts today, uh, Inman, and I have with me some other folks. Hi. <laughs> the indomitable. I'm not. Who, who are y'all? You. People.
1: Brooke is broke. <laughs> I'm... I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm I'll be
2: Margaret. You be Alman.
1: The inverse of Inman.
0: Uh, or Altman. maybe a Margaret. Okay, and
1: then Inman can be Brooke.
0: I don't know nearly enough about math to be Brooke, but I will try.
1: Okay, we'll just switch each other's scripts and so that we'll each read what the other has researched. And y'all can go yeah. in my shitty notes.
0: Yeah, right. right. You know that sounds great. Um, but okay. before we get to all of that, um, <laughs> we are a proud member of the Channel Zero Network of anarchist podcasts, and here is a jingle from another show on that network. Boo! People need order and <laughs>
2: Twelve rules for what is a podcast about fascism and the far right from the perspective of the left. It's
1: obviously great stuff, but don't take our word for it. Here is a word from our sponsor. I'm Jordan Peterson. Now that I have been injected with the anti-fascist super soldier serum, I renounce all my rubbish beliefs about hierarchies and the distribution of sex and dedicate my life, my soul, to the 12 rules for what podcast?
2: So that's 12 rules for what? A podcast about the far right.
1: Get it anyway, your podcasts. 12 Rules.
0: And we're back. And to start, start off the show, we have harped a lot on how horrible of a place Phoenix, Arizona is, a lot this year. You know, uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh, I've definitely talked shit too. So, as at least in us, I really appreciate you you all
1: (laughs) making this a we instead of me just talking shit on it.
0: Yeah, no, I mean it. it, it's, It's the place famously where propane tanks explode because it's too hot, and like people like fall on the ground and get burned, and where like. The, they're trying to build some like giant super future city that Bill Gates wants to <laughs> trap us all in, or something. Um, but <laughs> a listener, um, a listener, yeah. got a hold of me and uh, told me about the history of the name Phoenix because uh, because it got brought up on the show. And what he had to tell me about it was that. Phoenix um, is named so because it was built from the ashes Bleh. of a, you know, Hohokam civilization that was literally Bleh. burned to the ground by white settlers. <laughs> and they wanted to inspiringly <laughs> build a city <laughs> in its ashes. Um, so, yeah, the surprising so but it's- not...
1: It's more like the spell animate dead where you bring someone back to life, but as a mindless zombie who serves you instead of their original purpose.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. but
1: Brooke, what were you going to say? Sorry. Oh,
0: just that I
2: I think that uh, as an indigenous person, we should go ahead and re-Phoenix Phoenix. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's time. This was just a terrible transitional state that I was in before. <laughs> it, I mean, if
2: it rises from the ashes, let's burn that motherfucker down and give it back to its proper people.
0: It might do that on its own. The way the city is running it, it might that might happen regardless of intention.
2: <laughs> Excellent. Um I'm glad to help though. I I I will help the city towards that goal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but in a, in a hopeful note for Arizona, I did find out that other cities in Arizona, not Phoenix, um, do uh, weirdly have a pretty robust um, aquifer system. And, like, Mm -hmm. the city of Tucson, for example, like, um, uh, (laughs) only relies on the Colorado River for, like, 5% of its water. And otherwise, it's all, like, aquifer driven. And there's, like, a lot of cool programs in place for – this is me defending that Arizona
1: is a fine place to live. (laughs) I know. And I'm going to talk about groundwater later <laughs> and how aquifers are all drying up all over the country. Thank God, because
2: I was going to insert some shit about that right now. So I'll leave that for you, Margaret.
0: <laughs> Great. Um, well, to start us off today, um, aside it's from the Phoenix. state of Arizona, aside from Phoenix getting burned down, um, <laughs> there there are some bad things happening. In the world. I know this is a shock to all of our listeners um, who came here for a list of joyful things about the apocalypse, (laughs) right? Um, Mm -hmm. But so there's a new wave of activity in the Armenian genocide from um, Azerbaijan. And what's been happening is that on September 19th, Azerbaijan launched a full assault on Nagorno-Karabakh. Karabakh targeting mostly civilian infrastructure. There have been, you know, this was as of September 19th, 200 casualties so far. But there are 120,000 people who are like completely cut off from any kind of like external supplies or aid. Uh, nagorno karabakh It's been contested for a really long time. It's been the subject of like a lot of past conflicts. And... Both sides have, there's been like a, you know, an unsteady, peace isn't the right word, but, you know, non-attacking each other time. Um, and both sides are kind of accusing each other of a military buildup. And while there's like a lot of physical evidence that shows Azerbaijan amassing troops and like building milita- military infrastructure, the same cannot be said of Armenia, who had there's like a there's like a local defense army in that area because the area is like sort of technically part of a- Azerbaijan, but um is controlled by ethnically an ethnically Armenian population. And so part of this big military buildup is that there was this blockade put on essentially the only route in and out of this area was just put on like full military blockade and um, there were like, hum- like big humanitarian response to it because they were like, you're cutting off 120,000 people from like all external, like food uh, and like medical and like, any, you know, any kind of supplies and in some instances water. And there was this like big mass, like, you know, people, there was like mass starvation happening um, in this area and humanitarian aids that were or humanitarian aid convoys that were trying to go into the area were literally being shelled by Azerbaijan and which eventually culminated in this uh, full assault on September 19th and as it stands right now um, there's like 100 literally 120,000 people have gotten into their cars and are attempting to leave the the area Um, since the a lot of people, yeah, yeah, the the,
1: there was a ceasefire or something, right?
0: There was a ceasefire which called for like the unconditional surrender of the defense army, so like the the like, right? The the it's now a completely civilian population, right? And there has been a call for the reintegration of the Armenian population, um, which locally is being viewed as a death sentence to pretty much everyone um because in the past like yeah. reintegration attempts by Azerbaijan have resulted in things like mass torture and rape of civilians and POWs wow yeah and <laughs> to complicate things even more there's like a the like you know it's in the world view right now and people are like Like, other countries are like, oh, should we do something? And weirdly, Russia has been, like, the peacekeeping, like, mediator between the two.
1: Yeah. So it's not good. They're not doing good things.
0: No, no, they're not doing good things. And a lot of people suspect them of playing this, like, double game because Russia has publicly supported Armenia um, in a lot of the disputes, but they are the main arms supplier to Azerbaijan. <laughs> so there's obviously like a lot of strange conflict. They're essentially the, the, the world at large is viewing them as like playing one side against the other. So,
1: so I don't know as much about this part. I've, I've only been learning about some of this stuff recently, but um, Russia in general has a, its own kind of like equivalent of NATO, like it's power block type thing. But Armenia is basically being like slowly kind of shunted out of it or given less and less say in it um, is the impression that I'm under. And so there's like a lot of tension of like how Armenia is like a little bit more like looking to the West or whatever in a way that um, Russia isn't stoked about. That's the, I'm not hundred percent certain about this. That's the, that's the understanding I've been kind of learning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But Yeah, and so kind of one of the pressing, ish big pressing issues right now is like what is going to happen to this, um like mostly uh, ethnically Armenian population that is like there's like a seventy mile line of cars trying to like flee the area, and like, yeah, yeah, obviously, where are they headed towards?
1: Armenia. Yeah, they're they're in the border region,
0: going
2: into Armenia. So. Not going out of Armenia. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, into because what it is is um there is a there's a border area, and that border area most of it is now controlled by Azerbaijan and was taken I believe during the conflict a couple years ago. Um, however, several of the cities or several of the population centers are primarily Armenian, even though they're now technically part of Azerbaijan because of this conflict, right? Um, okay and so they need to get the fuck out because they're going to be genocided and they are very aware of the fact that they're going to be genocided and a lot of the like rhetoric that is coming up is around is genocidal um and armenians are being like fairly blunt that like if the world doesn't do something right now we're going to die like okay. hundreds of thousands of people are going to fucking die yeah wow
0: yeah it's it's really bad. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I have on that. Um, Brooke, I have heard that there's also some pretty bad things happening in India and Libya.
2: Yeah, well, I can tell you about India anyway. Well, we talk a lot about, of course, climate events going on. And there's been a lot of stuff that we've talked about uh, this summer with various uh, climate catastrophes, wildness, unusual behavior, and, and I think it's pretty well known that we're in an El Nino uh, situation right now. Um, one of the countries that has been affected by climate catastrophe this year is India, especially in the northern regions where they do a lot of growing of food, uh, and they have had really unpredictable rainfalls. In some places, there's been severe flooding And in other places, there's been less rain than usual, which overall is leading to a lot of problems with a lot of crops. Um, So some of the food staples in India have seen significant increases in prices. Um, Tomatoes and onions are things popularly used in Indian cooking, and they've seen a a five to six times increase in the price for them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Massive increases. (laughs) Uh, and then, um, and this is then also related to war in Ukraine and, and, uh, wheat and grain prices, uh, um, the chicken feed has gone up significantly and chicken is a pretty common meat in a lot of dishes, uh, but then the chicken has become, too expensive uh, to buy chicken and to have chickens and feed them and and butcher your own chickens has also become too expensive. So that big source of protein is kind of off the menu in a lot of places too. Um, So some families are eating, uh, you know, just mashed up vegetables is their whole meal for the day. Um, Other places they're making just, um, it's not naan, but it's breads that are uh, roti, roti breads. They just uh, make some roti bread in the morning and that's all the family has to eat for the day is just bread. A lot of lower income families get a wheat subsidy from the government. They get so many pounds of of wheat every month, um, but it's not enough to last through the whole month. And of course, they're not able to get enough wheat from other sources to even keep up with the levels of of demand that people have uh, in the country. So inflation making it much harder to buy goods and Uh, it's due to the climate catastrophe and in fact india has gone so far as to ban some exports like rice and sugar yeah yeah they've banned exports on those which of course all of the places that might turn to uh rice as a as a grain source when wheat runs out then can't get the rice that they would usually get not that they're interchangeable but you know And in fact, India is looking at importing some things that it's uh, historically never has to import, like um, tomatoes from Nepal. It's looking at at having to import those. So, uh, yeah, you know, already a very impoverished country. So India as one of the most densely populated countries uh, in the world. um, Having some having some trouble with the food staples there and. Uh, Not going to get, you know, better anytime soon because, of course, there there are crops that you harvest and that you store. So rice, you know, being a big one, they're pulling in smaller rice harvest. There's not enough to go around right now. And then everything that they would usually put in a long-term storage, they don't have enough for that. So there's going to be even more food insecurity down the road unless they're able to find ways to um, import some of that and do it in a way that they can afford to do. Dane?
1: Hooray. Um, Yay,
2: starvation. Um, uh, the one more component of that whole food situation, mm-hmm. that's not like the food supply, but is that India uh, imports um, fuel from Ukraine. And uh, I can't remember what kind, but they haven't been able to get as much fuel as they usually would. so people that use that for cooking don't have don't have the ability to do as much cooking because they can't afford or they can't get the fuel that they need in order to... Um,
1: cook it's funny because like one of the things I'm sort of hoping we can start doing with a lot of things obviously we can't do with all things is to sort of talk about like how to mitigate these problems or how to help with these problems you know Mm -hmm. Um, and there's like two different parts of it and one is like you know and I don't have the research and I'm just like thinking about a way to try and do this but it's you know we don't have a way to necessarily impact like food prices in India and so then it's like oh well there's the things that we can do here and then it's like well overall um not entirely but overall the average person in america is a lot more privileged um but then it's like just things like how tomatoes and other crops are also being threatened a lot in the united states right now Mm -hmm. and we're probably going to see food prices on a lot of these staple crops like vegetables and things go up not to the same degree not five or six hundred you know 500 percent or whatever in one year And it's interesting because there's like some of these things that are easier to grow at home as compared to like staple crops, like large carbohydrates, corn, wheat, rice can be grown at home, but very, it's way more complicated. And you're also very unlikely to have a climate where you can grow all three of those (laughs) things instead of just one of those things.
2: Yeah, in my heart, I'm like, oh, yeah, the solution to this is, you know, everybody should plant a garden, but that's uh, such a privileged thing. To say, to assume right. that they have space, uh, right. resource, good soil—you know, a thousand things that it actually takes right. to do that. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's time. Well,
2: but if you can garden, you should learn how. Yeah, and 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 do something, plant something.
1: No, and I mean even like a, as a. Uh, as a prepper, like sometimes when something goes wrong for one of my friends, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get the thing that helps me if that goes wrong for me. <laughs> you know, I mean, like I try and help them out first, right? But like, you know, uh, driving with someone and the, you know, muffler that uh, the whole tailpipe detaches from their car and they're like, oh, I need this like metal strapping instead of, you know, I had like P cord or something, right? <laughs> um, and now I have metal strapping in my car because like, why not? It's tiny and cheap and light, right? And that's not, this doesn't apply on a global level. I'm sorry, everyone who's listening who's like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Uh, You're right. Okay, so we decided what we're going to do is we're going to do like foreign, foreign, whatever, international shit before we do shit that's like a little bit more, the the shit that we already eat, the shit that's closer to home. So the other big thing that I have from this year, from this month, Jesus Christ, by this year, it's just not even... Yeah. In Libya, uh, the... um, Okay, there was a storm called Storm Daniel and it was the deadliest storm in the Mediterranean in recorded history and it happened on September 11th. um, Wow. Way higher count of dead people than anything... Well, than the famous thing that happened on September 11th in the United States. I don't know as much about the, the coup that happened on September 11th years ago. But... Storm Daniel, it it's like it's not a tropical storm because of like it's not from the sparkling Champagne region of France or whatever. <laughs> um, like <laughs> do, do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Like in yeah, order yeah, yeah, to be yeah. a tropical storm, it has to like <laughs> exist in this very specific way. But it's like it's a tropical storm, yeah. like in terms yeah. of its impact, like it's um a sparkling nightmare. Um and you know, so it's legally distinct, but it uh it hit a ton of Mediterranean countries and it fucked a lot of things up. And it had, it most notoriously killed a fuck ton of people in Libya because there were these two aging dams outside of the city of Derna on that broke on September 11th. Um, the death toll is anywhere from 4,000 to 11,000 people with 9,000 people are so still missing, oh, wow. even though it's been several weeks. Um, I believe that that 11,000 number is in including those missing people. That's the best guess I can get. And just basically a third of the city fucking washed out to sea. I'm being slightly hyperbolic. A, a third of the city was damaged and a fuck ton of it washed out into the sea. Dang. Um, and yeah, the, the morgues were overfilled. Bodies were laid out in the main square on sidewalks. Um, wow. Eight people, eight officials have been arrested already over this, which is funny because it's like better than what the United States would do, you know? Um like, and we're all like, oh, look at these terrible idiotic countries or whatever. And like, no, they so so far as of yesterday as of recording, they've arrested eight people.
0: Like on, um because of because of like what, like like poor preparation, because they didn't fix or, the fucking oh, Okay. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, they, there are these two dams that for decades signed to the, the dams were built in the 70s by, I want to say, a Turkish contractor. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, a different a contractor from a different country. Uh, and, and they've been showing sign of age as age and they've just been unmaintained for like 50 years. And in 2012 to 2013, $2 million was like um, appropriated, uh, like sent to fix them. Um, but Libya has not been an incredibly stable place, and that money did not fix them, and uh, and so yeah. Um, the, everyone was like, scientists were sitting there and being like, "There's a crack in this dam that's over the town. <laughs> we should do something." And everyone's like, "Oh yeah, totally." And like, you know, I mean, that's that's government for you. Like, like you know, um, yeah. But on the other hand, whatever. Um, I'm glad that people are, like, at least trying to take it seriously. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah.
0: Do you, sorry, do you have more on that?
1: No, no. Let's talk about <laughs> things in the Western world. Um, we'll start
0: with the bad, unfortunately. Um, so the newest um, the newest battleground for um, abortion access in Texas um, is that Uh, Texas is there. There's this there's this group of lawmakers who, you know, it's the same people who authored the heartbeat bill who are trying to like instead of uh, making large state or like national laws to target abortion, they're trying to uh, target abortion on a very small level which will have a huge and devastating impact by building this network of what they call like sanctuary for the unborn cities. Yeah, I know it's, it's, it sounds pretty bad. And so what they're doing is they're going to uh, like small towns, especially in West Texas to try to get those towns to pass local ordinances that would create criminal penalties for traveling through those cities to access abortion care in states where abortion is still legal, like New Mexico. Um, And this is particularly impactful in West Texas because a lot of like, there, there's a handful of new abortion clinics that have sprung up on the border of New Mexico and Texas, like specifically to serve uh, people going from West Texas to, Uh, New Mexico to access abortion care. And two cities have passed the ordinances so far with as many as 51 cities who are thinking about it. Um, And the one currently in the news right now is Llano, Texas, which sits at an intersection of six different highways, um, including a pretty major highway, um, Highway 87, which is like a a road that a lot of people who are, like, going from Austin to New Mexico might use. And then there's, like, a bunch of uh, cities along I-27 that have, that have, like, ordinances brewing for uh, sim- similar ordinances. And largely, though, what's interesting about this is that although two cities have passed this so far, um, there's a lot of conservative like apprehension about passing these laws yeah and this comes from i think this comes from the like you know the intersection of like like libert these are probably more libertarian minded people oh sure um who think that it is an overreach for the government to create penalties based on travel because they're worried about other ways that travel could be limited And for other reasons that travel could be limited. So it's like, it's libertarians and conservatives who are not, who are not like, who are probably anti abortion, who probably support abortion bans, but they think that this kind of larger infrastructural travel thing is like, goes way too far. So there is a lot of conservative like pushback from it, which is interesting.
1: Okay, about abortion. Yeah obviously the state should not use, well, the state shouldn't exist, but the state shouldn't use the church or religious teachings in order to determine healthcare. I think that's a fairly Mm -hmm. understandable thing. However, if you, the listener are religious in a Christian variety, or if you want to argue with these people, like this whole concept of being against abortion as a Christian is pretty fucking newfangled Mm -hmm. is one of the things like just to like, the church, the Catholic church, which is a minority religion in the United States and is not a like primarily powerful force in the United States political sphere. The Catholic church has only been against abortion since 1869 for uh, almost all of the church's existence. Abortion was only a problem at a, during the third trimester after the quickening. The ensoulment, right, is what people want to argue about is like when a human gets a soul or whatever the fuck, uh. right? And until the mid, the like late 19th century, the ensoulment happened. People would argue either like um, uh, most Jewish religious teaching, I believe, is that the ensoulment, uh, I don't know if they use the word ensoulment, but um, the first breath of life, right? Uh, you get your soul when you're fucking born is a very common uh, traditional, traditional teaching. Um, also, or you get it at the quickening, which is the fucking like, 24 weeks into the um, into pregnancy, and so like this whole idea of it, like life beginning at conception, is goddamn new. Um, All the people that the Catholics venerate didn't fucking believe that shit. And then more than that, like evangelicals who are the main people pushing anti-abortion shit, they didn't get into this shit until the 1970s. And they were like, basically, were like, "Oh, how else can we be shitty?" And they were like, "Oh, we can be shitty by hating women." And so we're gonna fucking all of a sudden decide that we're against the following type of healthcare. I don't have as much of the facts about that in front of me about exactly how that went, but basically, like, they joined. It used to be only the Catholics who were the people running around being shitty about abortion. And I don't know. I, I, for some reason, I, I think that this matters. It's like just even in terms of like when you're talking about because people act like it's this like well, I'm a Christian and therefore 2,000 years of hating abortion. Like, that's just, that's just not the fucking case.
0: Yeah, and, yeah. like, even there was this one person in Lano who was quoted as saying, like, it was, it was like, a council person who was, like, uh, she was, like, yeah, like, I'm personally, like, not in favor of abortion, but I remember giving a friend, like, picking up a friend from an abortion clinic in high school and like, I didn't support it, but I picked them up and like under this new law, like I would be a criminal. Yeah. And yeah. (laughs) So it, what, what is interesting about this kind of like overstep to me is that like, is that it offers some, it offers some ground for people to talk about things in a way that, right. um, In a way that might not have been in the forefront before where like, Like, which is interesting. It's like the more that the government or like, you know, crazy far right conservatives overreach, it does have the potential to create these like funny little fissures with like,
2: Mm, you know, just
0: normal everyday people who are like, well, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Wait a second. I was against abortion, but like this is looking more like fascism. And I think that is creating fissures, which is interesting. But.
1: No, and it's good. The, the, that side should have fissures, and we should make them – we should embiggen those fissures. There's a different word here. Uh, I love it. <laughs> thanks.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's mostly it for for Texas. In a related note, Idaho recently became the first state to impose criminal penalties on people who help a minor leave the state for an abortion without parental consent just to like as another wave of the war against abortion access um
2: you know this wasn't on my talking list but if i may speaking of idaho and abortion um i was reading about uh, a lot of ob-gyn providers uh, are leaving idaho like in noticeable numbers yeah. especially people who are specialists in like nicu care or um uh, early birth, uh, tiny babies, health problem kind of things like those sort of high level baby mm-hmm. specialists, uh, because they feel so at risk in Idaho, that if something happens to uh, a baby in their care, that they could be uh, criminalized for it. I mean, they're taking, they're taking jobs in other states and, and fleeing in such numbers that it's recognizable. And there's some places that have hospitals in rural areas that have shut down their uh, maternity wards.
0: Thing. Even, yeah. yeah, just so awful. Yeah. Well, if state by state Christian nationalism bothered you, do I have some bad news? Because uh, recently it was unveiled that um, this this horrifying thing called Project 20, 2025, and it is a thousand page like like essentially playbook for uh, conservative lawmakers to dismantle the federal government as it stands and
1: why do they always try and do the cool stuff i know <laughs> i know
0: and most of what they're looking at doing is completely dismantling like the epa and like all like a lot of like jobs that pertain to like environmental
1: yeah. regulation but it ex- yeah. yeah yeah the stuff that we want to have keep happening <laughs> once, we're, we have, once we have an organizational system instead of a government yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure they're going to keep the fucking cops border patrol fuckers yeah
0: yeah, it's 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 pretty disconcerting. It's like trying. It people view it as this like trying to uh, pave the way for whatever the whoever the next Republican president is to essentially become a you know a dictator in a more literal sense. Yeah. But, mm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, the federal government's trying to fuck itself currently. Oh yeah. If I if I can transition into that. Yeah. Totally. Uh, Because we are facing another federal government shutdown risk. Um,
1: Once again, they're going (laughs) to shut down the wrong parts of it, aren't they?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. They're going to keep essential services, which is apparently not shit like OSHA and uh, food and drug inspections and air traffic control. (laughs) Those are not essential
1: services. (laughs) I'm sure it's the goddamn Border Patrol and like, yeah. Right making sure poor people t- pay taxes and rich people don't.
2: Yeah, shit like that. Um, we talked about it one other time, government shutdowns uh, on the show together. And in that context, mm-hmm. it was talking about the um, the debt ceiling, the government's self-imposed limit on how much money they can borrow. And so they were at risk of having to shut down because they weren't in agreement about uh, being able to, to borrow more money. Um, well, this is the, now we're facing the the. Most beloved uh, refuse to agree on a budget, a federal government shutdown. And fucking every time they have to redo the budget, it's always in the news oh, it's going to be a federal government shutdown. And sometimes it's more serious than others. So it's super hard to take it seriously. Yeah. what it, it hasn't really happened very many times that there's been a government shutdown. There was one that was back in like uh, 2018, 2019, that was 35 days or thereabouts. And that one.
1: Which is the longest one in history. Exactly.
2: Right? And that one was actually long enough to have an impact that mattered. If they have one right now, it's, you know, they probably won't have one. Let's start there. And if they do, it's going to be one of these stupid like two or three day kind of a things. So it's really, really unlikely because they just don't have the circumstances to have that long one happen again. If it did happen and it goes on for a long time, uh, then you get a lot of backups in the federal government. Uh, You have subsidy programs that won't send out payments. Like uh, SNAP benefits and Social Security benefits and housing assistance and uh, financial aid for students, but again, it has to be a shutdown that's closer to like a month long because they're set up to do all of those payments, you know, for the next month. So if they shut oh, if I they see. shut down today, like October's all set to go and would automatically do its thing, okay. and then November would be fucked if they stayed shut down. So uh, most likely not going to happen. If it does happen. Probably a minimal one and longer interruptions. I guess if it if it happens and we're looking at a long one, we can talk about it some more, and I can tell you all about what's actually gonna go on and all the fucked this. But if you are seeing it in the news, it's just because this is the thing that the news likes to pick up right now and talk about. Oh, this that's time good of to year know. Yeah, don't <laughs> stress out about it. Like they fucking take the exact same article from the previous year and and you know move the paragraphs around.
1: <laughs> well, it's like. <laughs> It's like, um, okay, it's like COVID. It's like um, when COVID was first coming up, it was going to be like another bird flu where we were like, oh no, this thing that won't actually materially affect us. That's just a news cycle panic thing. And then it's just like every now and then it's a COVID, you know, and like <laughs> we're, eventually it might be a black death and we're like fucked, right? But like most of the time when there's like, like I still, like I, I even as I was skimming, there was like some like, new super bug in such and such place and i'm like i'm i'm not worried <laughs> right like yeah. it's either it's either going to be real bad or it's not but like there's a new one of those to worry about every fucking month and so that makes sense about government shutdown being like it could be real fucking bad but it usually isn't yeah
2: yeah, yeah. the worst it's ever been still wasn't really that bad i think things got yeah. really fucked up for You know, about a month after they got back online and then there were some other things that had delays, you know, applications and shit that they didn't process and then had like a backlog of and whatever. But uh, the biggest thing that that could be an impact that could, even if it's a short one, could be air travel because uh, the TSA doesn't get paid. Um, and the last time they had a long one, the TSA agents uh, were like, no, we're not going to stay here and work for free. And they, you know, fucked off and went and drove Uber and, and whatever. Yeah. It's I mean, there was work. a
1: whole constitutional amendment about how you can't make people work <laughs> without giving them money <laughs> unless they're in prison.
2: Yeah. Even though the government um, begged them, they're like, please, please do. We know you'll we'll yeah. get it figured out. I'm like, no, please do it for free. We
1: fought a war over this.
2: <laughs> you'll get back pay. Oh, people God, are like, I don't need yeah. back pay. I need money now.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Dang. Yeah, if, it, if, it, if the economy wasn't trashed, it wouldn't be a big deal. Right? <laughs> Everyone's paycheck to paycheck, even the fucking middle class. So like, what the fuck are you going to do? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is this is a whole thing. But um, did you know that billionaires are putting a huge amount of like energy and time into trying to figure out how to keep security forces loyal to them when money doesn't exist
1: anymore? oh i think we've talked about this haven't we i think a little bit we've like maybe touched i on it maybe i just yeah. talk about it all the time it just comes up at every dinner <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's wild it is a huge thing on billionaires minds right now is like of course yeah. it is yeah not getting killed by everyone when the when civilization collapses
1: yeah specifically like how to keep their yeah how to get their security guards to like and they're like doomsday shelter, where they're like, "How will I still be in charge of my doomsday shelter when there's no outside world?" Yeah, like, well, you won't. You'll be dead, <laughs> and everyone will be glad. Yeah,
2: this is why I say start early and eat the rich.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've
2: got a solution for India.
1: <laughs> also, it's vegan to eat the rich because, um, hmm. in the because, veganism is a relationship to power, right? And so it's not actually. Uh, it's like you can't be speciesist against humans, right? So um, you are not oppressing an oppressed animal if you eat billionaires.
0: Oh, thank you. I yeah. feel even better about that. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. It might not be vegetarian, but it is vegan. <laughs> Brooke,
0: Brooke, do you have any, any other things to, to tell us?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Before
2: it
1: goes over to me? <laughs>
2: yes, but one other thing to say to you is don't talk to cops. Okay go on all
1: right uh okay let's see i i got some bad stuff some good stuff well in good news it was the hottest ye- august on record
0: well all across
1: the world warm and lovely um, so get your sunshine. get your bathing suits ready um <laughs> including in the other hemisphere where it was supposed to have been winter, but it wasn't. Everyone's like, oh yeah, hottest August. I mean, it's fucking August. And like, no, you motherfucker. It's winter somewhere when it's August. Okay.
2: Margaret, do you know it's September though? Like just checking, just. Yeah. I don't know, whatever, <laughs> right, right, right.
1: <laughs> okay. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> the leaves are turning where I live. Uh, okay. So there's like, we had the hottest August. We had the hottest July and we had the hottest June. Yeah that we also had five months in a row of the hottest global surface sea temperatures. Like each month it hits a new Oof. record that is hotter than the one previously. Um, overall our August was 2.25 degrees Fahrenheit, like 1.25 Celsius. Oof. I think over the 20th century average. We did it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But don't worry. All of this rising, um, sea temperature actually will make tropical storms, um, uh, and, and sparkling storms, um, <laughs> rarer this surprised me it'll make them rare okay um but it'll make them more powerful so hurricanes more common (laughs) 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 but tropical storms and sparkling storms less common because a higher percentage of them will uh destroy things in their wake
2: okay but on net because there's there's worse less of the other kind we should just average out to be fine right that's what i hear you say i think so One's worse.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's a good time to get a yacht. And I know who has yachts. There are people who you can eat. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want to get to the ocean to get some yachts, you can go down the Mississippi River. Except, do y'all hear that? It's like not in the fucking national news at all. Do you hear that like New Orleans is having a water crisis? No. No.
2: I didn't hear about that.
1: They're going to have to like be shipping in like millions of gallons of water to New Orleans for people to drink um, because, and this is not certain, this is like looming. This is like today's news, like past couple days news. Um, all of the drought that has been happening this year has the Mississippi so fucking low that there's basically backwash from the sea coming oh, up into it. Oh yeah, And so all of this salt water is going to fuck up uh, southern Louisiana's plumbing. Right? And also fuck up, and you can't You can't boil advisory salt water Um, off the top of my head. If you are stuck with salt water, your best bet for desalination is uh, building a solar still or some other kind of still be very careful. If you purchase a still, you can buy them on Amazon. Most of the things you can do with stills are incredibly illegal and we'll get the ATF paying attention to you. Um, However, I don't know if I was in new Orleans right now, I'd probably buy a fucking still just in case. And because you can distill water and then the, the the brackish water stays in the bottom. Whatever. Anyway, people can fucking do their own research about that. Or listen to us talking about this on this very show. <laughs> so New Orleans is like they're trying to head this off. And one of the things that's like worth understanding is that like there are people who try to stop this stuff and they are worth celebrating even if they're like federal government or whatever, right? Like the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers just built a 25-foot underwater levee to try and stop Whoa. the backwash of saltwater into the Mississippi. It is not enough, right? Um, as of this morning's news anyway, it's not enough. Wait, how, but people are- How much
2: of a levee mm-hmm. was it? Did you say in price or volume? 25 feet. Feet.
1: No, no, no. Oh, the, feet. The height of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a 25 foot from the river bottom up.
2: And that's not enough. um,
1: Levy. No. Yeah. And okay. So that happened. um, And that's like one of the ones that like, yeah, I've been like struggling to find anything about it besides hearing from people in new Orleans, but it's a big fucking deal Um, because we also within the United States have these places where people don't pay attention. One of the other places that people don't pay attention is the border. We sometimes pay attention to the border because we care and we're aware of this like monstrous humanitarian crisis caused by the United States government and its its policies that's happening at the border, Mm -hmm. you know, and like all of this like cruelty and racism that's happening. But one of the things that I want to talk about, because no episode could be complete without some micro rant and don't worry, my weird (laughs) thing about theology is not going to be my micro rant for this week. Um, Although this one's actually probably shorter than my one about fucking theology. (laughs) I've had a weird month of research. So, all of this bad shit's happening at the border. We are still in a border crisis. Um, there's a lot of families that are trapped between two walls at the southern border. And these are people who are like trying to come as refugees, trying to do the thing that right-wingers are like, well, if they just came properly like my great-grandparents who totally came before there was even fucking immigration policies, uh, then it would be totally fine. Um, because P.S. if you're white, there's a very, very good chance that you're uh, ancestors came before there was any kind of immigration. Uh, they probably literally just came, got off a boat anyway. So there's all these people and there's all these people fucking trying to not trying to, there's all these people feeding and clothing and, uh, providing, um, uh, like phone charging services and shit for these people. And what's kind of cool is I'm aware of three groups that are doing this outside of San Diego right now, and they like kind of run the gamut, right? You've got the Free Shit Collective, <laughs> whose like logo has 1312 in it. And then you have the American Friends Service Committee the Quakers.
2: Yay. And
1: then in the middle, you have border kindness who are another group. And so like, whatever your flavor of mutual aid is, <laughs> you fucking go support it. I, I say support all of them. Um, and let's continue to build good interconnectedness between all of the people who are trying to do good right now, because much like how, um, even though, uh, Gondor did not come to, to Rohan's aid, um, <laughs> Uh, it was still very important for the riders of Rohan to show up to support Gondor um, when Mordor was attacking them, <laughs> and so and even the Ents who also had been like not treated well by the humans and the dwarves and the elves, um, you know, all come together right to fight against uh, the United States government, which is um, Mordor.
0: And um, I'm so excited to transcribe Ents- this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're the only transcriber person who will be able to spell any of these things. Um, and so uh, to that, I want to say, okay, like, cause I was thinking about how we're always like, Oh God, we're going to go talk about a bunch of bad shit. And I know people who listen to our show, but don't listen to this episode every month. Mm. Right. Um, and because it's, it's a, a series of bad things. And the thing that I've been thinking about, about that is that I'm like, but there's all these good things that happen, mm-hmm. but most good things that happen aren't like, and then there was a hundred years of peace and everyone had happy, (laughs) idyllic Uh lives, right? That is a rare, random thing that some people are lucky enough to live lives of peace, you know? But that is not what the average human experience is. And I refuse to believe that the average human experience is negative um, because bad things are always happening. And what makes our lives good. Is how we choose to act against that bad. May we view ourselves as lucky that we are born in these times. Hmm. May we view ourselves as lucky that we can uh, join in the the riders of Rohan um, <laughs> and uh, a red day, a blood day, uh, death, death. death. Um, although that's actually that's actually, I hate to say, I hate when the movie gets things better than the books. But like that's a fucking sick speech, and like. Um, only parts of it are from the books, and also Tolkien totally cribbed this uh, way older uh, Norse poem about like um, shields will be splintered, whatever. Anyway, uh, Wolf Time. Ah, fuck, I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, Margaret, can I? Bad things are always happening. Uh-huh. Can I
2: just say that I love you?
1: Oh, I love you <laughs> so also. much. Um, bad shit's always happening. But look at these three different groups that are working together to to fight this. And what can be more beautiful than that, right? And... And they support each other and they like talk about each other as like all doing good things together. I'm sure that there's some fucking beef between them and I don't know about it because I'm not there. And that's what you should do with beef is people should know about it locally, but it's no one's business at the wider world. So you should support these people is what I'm trying to say. It's the free shit collective. It is border kindness and is the American friends service committee. However, if you go to support the American friends service committee, you need to look specifically for their San Diego chapter and for the, the group of them that is uh, working on border stuff rather than just it going to the, the Quakers at large, who are perfectly fine, even though they invented the penitentiary, but it's only sort of their fault. Um, okay, the other thing, the actual, just like straight up good news that I have is that the Writers Guild has reached a tentative agreement after 150 days of strike. Um, by the time you all are hearing this, maybe either this, the agreement will probably have either been accepted or not accepted. Right. Um, so either the strike will be over or the strike will be back and everyone more bitter, but this is a really beautiful strike and it captured mm-hmm. the nation's attention partly because these people know how to write. Um, and they're also the people who produce the stuff that entertains us. Right. And so we're very aware of it, but that does not make it a less, it actually makes it a more impactful strike. And it, because it allows all the rest of us to know that we can strike too. Um, And absolutely the, the other side, the bosses were out for blood. They were constantly saying like, we are going to do this until the writers are homeless. We don't care, Yeah, you know? Um, And, and they can say that all they want, but it's a little early to say, and you all will either be like, what a naive summer child uh, (laughs) saying that. (laughs) Um, But it looks like we might win. And when I say we, I mean the working class. Um, which is the people who work for a living. It's not about the actual income you make. Middle class people are often working class. It depends on whether your money comes from being a fucking landlord or whether it comes from fucking working. Um, Did you all know that um, Summer Child is also a uh, science fiction reference or a fantasy reference? Did you know this? I did not. Oh, sort of. It comes from Game of Thrones. Everyone thinks that it is like old-timey Southern saying. Yeah, (laughs) it's not. It's not. It's from fucking Game of Thrones. It doesn't exist before like a, the mid or late 90s or whenever the fuck that book came
0: Oh my out. God. Um, okay, but.
1: Because it means someone who, go ahead.
0: Oh, no, sorry, sorry. This is maybe dashing a thing, but th- this has literally happened throughout throughout history, like lit- like literature inventing funny phrases. Sorry, maybe you're, I don't think you're trying yeah, to say yeah, something no. negative about it, but like, like Shakespeare is no, credited with like, like it's it's some horrifying number of words that are in common use right now that didn't exist yeah and before.
1: like yeah and all the sayings and shit all come from him yeah. or they come from his like social circle and he's the one who wrote them totally down, you know yeah which also rules yeah <laughs> no um okay and then uh to to wrap up news stuff um okay there's also um you know how fracking sucks where like people try yeah. to get the last little bits of fossil fuels out before so that we can turn the earth into a furnace mm-hmm. instead of living decent lives. Yeah, death. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, have you all heard of monster fracking? It's not <laughs> where they use monster energy drink. It should be because that's the only good use for it.
0: Okay, no, Is I it, haven't heard of it. Where they impl- Is it releasing monsters it's- from the ground through fracking?
1: Oh, that would be good, too. That would actually... I'm entirely in favor of... Um, I mean, Godzilla was originally an anti-nuclear movie. Um, do they
0: use monsters to do the
2: fracking?
1: No, it's just monstrously large. Aww. It's um, it's this, like, mega fracking. It's just, like, where they, like, go and dig wells in order to get enough water. They drain entire aquifers in oh. order to get the last little bits of fucking gas out of the ground. Um, and... Uh, This, um, this is happening. And and so water usage in fracking has gone up seven times since 2011. Uh, since 2011 fracking has used 1.5 trillion gallons of water, which is a lot. It's not, it's a fucking lot. That's what all of Texas uses as like tap water the entire, for an entire year. Aquifers Um, or the amount uh, of water, the amount of water, um, used and um, and overall Americans are using up their aquifers very quickly but again it's this kind of like oh so don't drink as much water like no it's monster fracking that is the problem it is growing the wrong food in the fucking desert that is the problem but aquifers
2: um, are unlimited
1: I mean it's funny because I live on a well <laughs> and it's like deal. but like it's not true Um <laughs> and The water drilling, like water drilling is actually not federally regulated. It is state by state. And a lot of states literally are like, you're just allowed to do it until there's no more water. Um, uh, You are allowed to frack with water during moderate and severe droughts. Anything but extreme is before they start putting any limitations on fracking. So you are well past the part where you can't like water your lawn, which is, you know, whatever fuck a lawn, but like well past the point where you can't water a lawn or wash your car. Um, they're allowed to frack completely unimpeded. Uh, wow. And in Utah, California, and Texas, there have been buckled roads, cracked foundations, and fissures into the earth because of depleted groundwater. Okay. Um, And uh, let's see. One oil region in Texas has seen their aquifer falling at 58 feet a year. Last year was the lowest groundwater in U.S. history. And... Uh, this affects everything, right? Uh Kansas's corn yields last year were fucked up because it's aquifer wasn't for the first time. It wasn't enough for the agriculture of its region. Yes. So like, I think they had to import water, but also just like, didn't get to use enough water. So their corn yields were down. Um, and as we've hinted, we've talked about a lot on this show, we overproduce like cereal grains, not overproduce. We produce a fuck ton of cereal grains right. in this country. So, We actually haven't seen, we've seen prices go up, but we haven't really seen like a ton of shortages and stuff yet. This continues to be a threat. I feel a little bit like the Girl Cries Wolf about this, where I'm like, oh, like, you know, Kansas's corn yields are down, but you can still like go to the store and buy corn tortillas right here. You know, other parts of the world, not so lucky. Anyway.
2: Okay, I need to roll re- well up my sleeves and go on my indigenous rant about water protection and Let's sacredness. Ha, now we're out of time. Through. I'm going to do it next time. We're going to open with that next time. No, water do rant. it.
0: Do it.
2: Do it. Do it <laughs> anyway. Water is sacred. Water is life. Motherfuckers! Okay, that's my rant.
1: <laughs> that's a good rant. Yeah. Solid.
0: I have some little bitty headlines. Does anyone else have a little bitty headlines?
1: I think I threw most of mine in what I just did. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um,
0: before we wrap up, I have a couple little bitty headlines, a handful of which are good.
1: Oh, I have two good ones at the end. <laughs> Wonderful.
0: So the fir- first one's a bad one, which is, as Margaret brings up, uh, the U.S.-Mexico border. This this one actually shocked me, um, not because I am unaware of how bad it is, but because, I don't know, I think I maybe thought there were places that were worse i i don't know um but the u.n declared that the u.s mexico border is the deadliest land migration route in the world recently wow jesus yeah
1: you're right that's exactly your response (laughs) is exactly what i thought yeah yeah
0: with um and this, this is last year so 2022 um with 686 people like or like migrants like died in the desert last year in the u.s mexico border and it, it it's a number that like it's a number that is vastly underreported on. Like, um, having done a lot of humanitarian aid work along the US Mexico border, like it that that is a horribly like uh, underreported number.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: But in a kind of cool thing, a federal judge ordered that the death buoys in the Rio Grande be removed. Yeah. Which is which is that's that's cool.
1: Haven't they not done it yet? They like ordered it removed, but they like still are kind well, of like course
0: they haven't kicking their heels
1: yeah. or there was like some like other.
0: Uh, I don't know.
1: Never mind. Yeah. I, only, I only know the headline level. Yeah. I'm no, sorry. No,
0: me too. Um, okay. A gay couple in Kentucky was recently awarded $100,000 in a settlement over a county clerk's refusal to issue them a marriage license.
1: Hell yeah. Okay. Fuck that clerk. Yeah, pretty cool. It's going
0: to be a nice wedding now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I hope it's at the house that that guy no longer lives (laughs) (laughs) at. I hope they just gave him his house.
0: (laughs) There were five cops indicted over the Tyree Nichols murder um, in September. Oh, wow. Wow. Which is, you know, also pretty cool. Yeah. And... Is eating cops vegan? (laughs)
1: I probably. I mean, I mean bacon, I, you could so... make an argument that eating any human is vegan because of the, like the speciesism line, but it's it's certain with billionaires, cops like, you know, I mean like I eat honey, so who am I to like really police the lines of veganism? It's like cops are probably like the equivalent of honey, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or like those uh sea animals that don't have central nervous systems, that can't feel pain. I don't think cops can feel pain. So I don't think that it's immoral to <laughs> hurt or eat. This is the sketchiest thing I've ever said on the okay, show. So I,
0: I can still make a BLT then. Yeah. Ethically sourced ah! bacon. Oh my God. <laughs> um, speaking of cops, I have one last headline on cops, which I realized that we track a lot of, um, we we track a lot of death and a lot of those deaths are like in our communities or in communities that our communities would are either in community with or would be in community with um and i thought it might be interesting to start tracking the number of cops that die every month um, oh that's, <laughs> that's a joyous <laughs> headline <laughs> and it it was only seven in september mostly mm-hmm. from vehicle related accidents
1: that doesn't surprise me yeah it
0: doesn't surprise me and it is it is on it, there. There were 86 this year, but
1: 86 cops, yeah. 86. 86. <laughs> <laughs> like, like when, when there's no more in the kitchen, wow, we gotta stop serving them. Nice, anyway.
0: Um, and one of them was from a train.
1: Whoa. That was my okay. headline. Okay, that's all I got. Uh, is
0: this my, sketchy to say? I don't know.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I mean, whatever. They. It's like, it's still safer than like almost every job in America. Well, there's like a list of most dangerous jobs and they're like, they're not at the bottom of the list, but they are nowhere near the top of the list. Yeah.
0: Uh, what All are right, the two
1: got? Head- okay, the two headlines I got, call me a future believer person. In July, okay, last December there was the fusion test where they actually successfully, I believe, for the first time ever, got more power out of a fusion test than they put into it. Um, for anyone who's Uh, Like, nuclear bombs and shit is fission power, right? Um, And it's, like, one interesting way to make electricity that has a lot of side effects. Fusion power is what the sun does, and, like, seeking cold fusion has been, like, the holy grail of science for a very long time because that's when you can have gay space communism or (laughs) knowing our society, uh, slightly gay capitalism in space or whatever the fuck... (laughs) horrible thing they come up with but they've been trying since december to repeat that and in july they got uh even more power out of a uh a fusion experiment they i think they more than doubled what they put into it or i I don't remember exactly they got a a fuck ton of power out um they've also failed numerous times since then but this is still uh, incredibly promising from my point of view i i personally believe that d deindustrialization and things like that are um, essential, but I'm not, I, I think having some electricity around is quite grand. And if there's a way we can do it ethically and environmentally sound, and it doesn't explode the entire world, like who knows what fusion will do. Maybe people just explode the whole world and I'll be like, whoops, sorry, but I won't because I'll be dead and whatever. That's how we all end up anyway. And then the other one is that – and actually just like speaking of like sort of like vaguely green but not green eco tech news. There have been a bunch of studies about electric cars uh, because everyone's very aware of how shitty lithium mining and all that stuff is, all of the the minerals Mm -hmm. that are used in the batteries, right? And it started reaching the point where actually it's actually been stopping the um, electric car adoption in some ways is because people are like, well, it's so fucking bad. I'm just going to go back to my, you know, um, my fossil fuels car and so they tested it, and it's um, it is still, in terms of like embedded greenhouse gases and like impact on the environment, um, uh, driving an electric car, car even though all of the mining practices are fucked up, is still less fucked up for the earth than driving a fossil fuel car. Um, obviously, I think that we should be moving towards mass transit models and more local stuff, and blah 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 blah. But um, electric cars are better than gas cars is my take and the take of some recent science, at least in terms of the impact on the climate kind of wish that wasn't the note I was ending <laughs> on. I feel like, that's like the most, um, uh, oh, wait, and then- I have a cool
0: note. I forgot one. Good. Yeah. Um, Great. I feel like this is a mixed bag of a thing, but um, I, f- whatever reform is complicated, but like if, if there are things that impact people's lives on a material level now, like, that's cool. Yeah. Um, Illinois yeah. just became the first state to abolish cash bail.
2: Yay! Oh, fuck yeah. yeah.
0: which it, I, I think is more complicated than a lot of people think. Like, it could mm-hmm. have, it could have yeah. bad side effects, which yeah. is there being – like, for – specifically, there's, like, violent and nonviolent. It splits it into violent and nonviolent crimes. And, like, if you have a nonviolent crime, you basically won't go to jail, um until you're oh. convicted of a crime that requires wow. you to go to jail but for violent crimes you are stuck in jail so and it it's huh. in that which is how the state defines violence which makes it complicated so like yeah. you know for instance like buddy like you know folks down in cop city like who are been booked on like domestic terrorism charges those people, if a similar thing existed in Georgia, would be stuck in jail in th- like throughout their trial without the option right. of bail. So this 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 is the kind of like complication of
1: mm.
0: of no cash bail. Yeah. But a really cool thing is that it will get a lot of people out of anyone who's in awaiting trial can now petition to be released. Oh wow! Yeah. Which is the really yeah. cool part of Fuck it? Yeah. So, that's my ending note. Um, okay. Yeah. Nice. Thanks, y'all, for for being here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And if you enjoyed this podcast, I did <laughs> go join the writers mm-hmm. of Rohan, not just. For Gondor, but for all of the free peoples of Middle Earth. Agreed. (laughs) But if you want, if you also, if you like this podcast, you should, you know, like and review and rate. And I don't know what any of these things actually are. I'm just saying words. But tell people about the podcast. um, (laughs) And you can also... (laughs) Uh, support this podcast by supporting its publisher, Strangers in a Tangled Wilderness. Uh, Strangers is a media publishing collective. We put out book zines, um, other podcasts like Strangers in a Tangled Wilderness, a monthly uh, podcast of anarchistic literature or the Anarcho Geek Power Hour, which is a great show for people who love movies and hate cops. And, You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash strangers in a tangled wilderness. And we would like to shout out a few wonderful people in particular. Thank you, Eric, Percival, Buck, Jacob, Catgut, Marm, Carson, Lord Harkin, Trickster, Miranda, Benben, Anonymous, Funder, Janice and Odell, Allie, Paparuna, Millika, Boise Mutual Aid, Theo, Hunter, SJ, Paige, Nicole, David, Dana, Chelsea, Staro, Jennifer, Kirk, Chris, Micaiah, and the Eternal, Haas the Dog. We Thank hope everyone's you. doing as well as they can. And we'll see Bye. you next time.